Let's pray and, and we'll get started, okay? Father in heaven, thank you so much for the opportunity we have to be here. Thank you for blessing this, this body of believers. Thank you for all the things you're doing for us in our lives. We know, Father, there are issues in our family. There are things that go on on a regular basis. There are things that pop up from time to time. We're no different than anybody else. You know, we're just a family with, with those things going on around us. And we pray, Father, your blessings upon us on each one. You know the families that are in, that, in, that we're talking about. You know things. People are traveling from long distances. And we got people with, with uh, multiple family members that are, that are struggling. And we just pray, Father, your hand would be on each one of us. You know the situations. You know who's involved. And you know what needs to happen. We don't know what your plan is. We have no idea. But we know, Father, that we want to stay faithful to you. We want to stay committed to you, and we want to stay focused on you. And we ask, Father, that you limit Satan's ability to and to affect our lives as much as possible, Father. Uh, give us strength when he does, but limit him when you can, Father. Bless us as we as we move forward in this, as we strive, Father, to be faithful to you, and as we strive, Father, to live our lives in a way where we, you can you are pleased with us as a family. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're going to be in John chapter 15 if you want to turn over there. Uh, I told you we we're gonna we we're gonna pick up where one of the things I didn't get to finish last week, and uh, uh, you know when when he uh, if you look at verse eleven we've been talking about Jesus was the vine and and we are the branches and he loves us and we have to stay connected to the branch and we have to be obedient to what he tells us and if we do that then we'll bear fruit and we'll become the people we're supposed to be we'll become like the like the like the vine we won't be a, a oddball branch will be bearing fruit the way we're supposed to and then in verse 11 and this is where we stopped and i wanted to i wanted to start here uh in verse 11 he says well let's start in verse 9 as the father has loved me so i have have i loved you now remain in my love if you keep my commands you will remain in my love just as i have kept my father's command and remain in his love i have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete now i'm gonna stop right this is where i wanted to stop what, is it, what does it mean for you to live as Christ's joy lives in you? I want you to think about that for a minute. Christ's joy lives in me. What was the joy of Christ? What do you believe the joy of Christ was? Doing the Father's will. Doing the Father's will. Being obedient. Trusting Him no matter what. Being committed to Him no matter what the cost was going to be. Suffering persecution in spite of what your body was telling you you wanted to do. I want to cut and run. I want to stop this and to do it anyway. And he said that was his joy. His joy was to be to make the Father proud of him. Okay? He said, I want my joy in you. Okay? I want my joy in you. The joy I have, I want you to have. And he said, and then he says in verse 11, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. That means full. If I have the joy of Christ in me, the same joy he had, then my joy that I have will be full and complete. I got a couple of questions I want to ask you. All right? What gave you joy in your life before Christ came along in your life? What gave you joy? Tell me what gave you joy. Now, I'm going to repeat it for people online, okay? And I didn't I welcome them. Thank you, God. I'm sorry. I've, I've got tied up here and, you know, too much going on, and, and we're thankful you're joining us. Uh, sorry I didn't acknowledge you at the beginning, but, uh, hey, you know, I'm going to repeat what you said because I think it's important because there are people out there, maybe in this room, that you're, uh, that you're trying to bring joy in your life, 
from things that God has no intention of you having joy from. Okay? So what was it that gave you joy, that made that joy in you when when you, uh, before Christ came in your life? Your children. Okay? Your children. What else? What gave you joy? Huh? Music. Okay? What else? Making friends. Making friends. Okay? What else? What gave you joy before Christ came in your life? What, your job? Maybe a job? I really enjoy doing what I do, and that gives me a great deal of pleasure to do what I do, guys especially, right? I love going to work because it gave me fulfillment. I've heard all that before. So, so a job can do that. What else? My friends can do that. I have friends that really give me, I love hanging out with my friends and going to do this and going to do that. And we go to the, the lake and we go, and we do it with friends. And that gives me great joy, right? What else? Hobbies. Honey. Hobbies. Honey. Hunting gave me great joy. I loved going hunting. I loved going with my boys. You know, my boys were young and, and you know, I, I loved going. I, I remember, I don't know which one it was, but I got to, I shot a deer over the top of one of my, that was him. I said, duck. <laughs> and, and he went down like this, and I put the gun right over top of his back, and I shot that deer right outside the deer stand. You know, that, remember that? And you didn't know you were duck hunting. Didn't you? I was reaching for a cookie. <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't get back up. Give me great games. But, you know, when, I, when he goes with his children now, I know where he learned how to do that. And that gives me still good. But it gave me a great deal of joy. It gave me a great deal of fulfillment that I was being the father I was supposed to be. Okay? What else gave you joy? Traveling. Who said that? Traveling. Going places. Going. See, that was never a traveler. I hated going to hunt. I loved the hunting part. I hated going. I hated coming. I didn't like go there because we hunted in Junction. That's a five-hour trip. I didn't want the fire. I didn't want five-hour trip home. You know. But I loved being there. But it didn't. So that didn't give me great joy. But it did you. It gave you traveling. It gave you great joy. Okay. I know guys that that. Uh, that ride motorcycles. They say riding out, riding a motorcycle just gives them great joy to go out and, you know, for me it was building cars, you know, and, and building a car and knowing I built that car and knowing when I saw it on the street that every car was never going to belong to that guy. It was always going to be mine because I built it. That gave me great joy. Okay. Now, the next question is, how'd that work out for you? How'd that joy work out for you? Tell me how all that how all that worked out for you? Huh? It was temporary. All right? My friends, what happened to my friends that I took great joy in? They grew up, got married, moved on. Right? We didn't have a connection anymore. The hobbies. You know, my body, I used to, you know, I have a guy that, that's, that's doing some stuff over at my old shop, and he's going to buy all the stuff, and he said, I found this box. And I said, yeah, it's my bow. He said, it looks like a half moon. I said, yeah, it's my bow. And it gave me great joy. Go bow hunt. All right? Get great joy. Well, we all happened. My body let me down. I couldn't do it anymore. I couldn't pull the bow anymore. I couldn't pull. I, I, yeah, I couldn't pull now. If you if, if, if you give me a million dollars, I couldn't pull that bow. There's no way. Maybe with Paul's help, I could pull it. <laughs> I couldn't pull it by myself. So that went away. All right? That was fleeting. All of these things that you have are fleeting. Children, that's great. But children grow up, have their own children, and what happens? They move on. They move on. Hopefully. They move on, right? But that's what happens. Because the things that from this world... <laughs> Y'all can't see it, but Scott's sitting right here and he looks at his daughter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but 
you know, hey, we, we're very fortunate. We have all of our boys living right, really close. We have a great relationship, and it's good. I mean, all, that, all that's good. But it's different. It's different, okay? Raising babies, like, that that goes away. You know, so my last question is, how does your joy that comes from Christ, how does that full joy, how is that working for you? How is that working for you? Hmm? It's ongoing. It's never, it's ongoing. It's never going to end. Never lasting. You know, that joy, it's, all it can do is get better and grow fuller and fuller as I, as I get around more people and I share it more and my love grows deeper and deeper because, you know, we know that this love is going to grow deeper. The more I do and the more I grow and the more I mature, it's, it's my, that love's going to grow deeper, right? The more people I'm going to come in contact with that are, are supporting group for me, I'm going to grow, it's going to grow deeper. It's not gonna. It's not gonna grow. It's not. It won't matter. This joy doesn't matter if my body gets out of shape. Doesn't matter if my my shoulders don't work now. Both shoulders hurt now. I fell off a roof, hurt one. Now the other one hurts. I guess it felt like it needed to be. You know. I don't know. I get up in the morning. Sometimes this shoulder hurts worse than this one does. You know, I'm old. I'm old. Just beat up. So, but God, but Christ and God's love doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I have other old people I can talk to. <laughs> I can connect with, right? We can talk about common stuff. You know? And you find more things in common. With, you know, and I just wanted you to understand when you look at a text like that, it says, make my joy complete. Okay, what does that mean? What does it mean? You know, I mean, I mean, you know, having a daughter, we never had one, but having a daughter where you can, where you can, you know, nurture her as from a from a woman's perspective that that's going to go away at some point it will now you'll be able to go into class and teach a little other little girl but you're not their mama so but having a love for god and a complete deep understanding of him and knowing what he did for you and never abandoning the cross what the cross means what the gospel means to you man that that only enriches and gets deeper and deeper and then ultimately what it did find, finds fulfillment. You know, I'm going to die one day. I'm closer to that than most of us. Okay? Man, I'm preparing to go home. I ain't going. I don't want to stay here. My joy is going to be made come really complete when I get to go home. All right? Now, let's move on. All right? I wanted you all to see that. All right? Now, okay? We'll start at verse 12. My command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. Now, he's... I'm, I'm going to read a little bit because he's going to talk right now to the disciples, the apostles themselves. All right? But there's something here I think we need to look at. All right? Now, look at me. My command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this. To lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. Now, remember back in chapter 14, he said, he said, uh, he said if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Okay? You are my friends if you do what I command you to do. So if I'm going to have a complete love, we're in John 15. If you're going to have a complete love and a full love, a full life, a complete, then I'm going to I'm going to fall deeper and deeper and deeper in love with Him. I'm going to become more and more. How many of you have had more than one really really close friend? I'm talking about, I mean, a bonded friend, somebody close. How many of you have had more than one? More than one in your life. And I and I'm not going to ask how many of you never had one. It was that close. You don't have to raise your hand. Uh, you know, 
not not ever had one. Most people, if you have one in your whole life, that's pretty special. To have two, incredible. To have two friends like that, that that's close. Jesus said, I will be your friend if you do what I command you to do. The whole thing is built, I'm going to love you. If, you're, if, if you say you love me, then you're going to be willing to be obedient to what I tell you to do. Doesn't make any difference for you young girls. Doesn't make any difference what people in the world are telling you. Because they're going to tell you all kinds of stuff. They're going to tell you all kinds of stuff. It doesn't matter. What does God tell you? God says, love me and I'll love you. And you can never duplicate that love. Ever. Ever. Now, he said He said here, he said, he said now, remember, now he's going to, he said, I'm no longer caught. Now, here's where he's just talking. I think for just a moment, he's talking to his apostle. Now, remember, I told you, when we get to chapter 17, he's going to say, my prayer is not for just you only. My prayer is for all of those who believe in you and believe in me because of what you do. So really, in a literal sense, he's talking to all of us. But there are some things that you can pick out that is specific. Because listen to what he said. He said, I no longer call you servants because that servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I learned from my father I've made known to you. Okay? Now, think about it. He's sitting there. Judas is gone. Judas is gone to do his, his dirty business. All right? Now he's got the 11 and maybe a few others because we know that this that they're going to pick a new apostle and there's one that's been with them from the very beginning they're going to pick. So we know there's some other people there, but he's talking to his apostles. He's looking at them and he says, he said, I'm no longer going to call you servants. I call you friends because I have instilled in you and told you everything that the Father has told me. I have made it clear. Servants don't know that stuff. You don't tell servants that. You tell friends that. And he said, and he says, uh, he said, I have made known to you everything that my father said. You know, well, why is that important? Why is it important to them? Because they just asked them to go into the world and suffer terribly. We studied Wednesday night, we studied about in Acts chapter 15, where, where they're talking about whether the, the, the new disciples are going to have to, I mean, the new converts are going to have to be obedient to the, to the old law and all that. And, and, and I said, when you understand how passionate these guys, why Barnabas and Paul kept going back to where people tried to stone him and kill him, it was because they could not get enough of teaching the gospel and watching people change, watching that, that, that look on their face when they went, oh my gosh, the lights went on. And it was like, poof, like, like a light bulb popped in their head. You know? And here Jesus says, he said, I have told you and I've informed you what the Father's will is. Why is it important? Why is it important? Because he told us in chapter 12, he said, those are the words going to judge you in the last day. That was to all of us. I need to know what the Father's going to tell me. I need to know what the Father has to say. I know I can go through the scriptures and I can find where he said, he said, I have told you exactly. I've written down exactly. Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, I want you to know that the things I write here, the commandments of the Lord. What were those commands? The things the Father told him. He's repeating everything the Father told him. Okay? So that I can have a strong handle on my life and the lives of my people around me. I can know exactly what I need to do. Now, he said, he said, I've made known to you what the Father did. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you. Now, we know that. He went from town to town and picked them out, right? He chose them. We remember when he chose, uh, uh, I forget the guy's name. He was sitting under a tree. What was his name? Huh? Who was it? Nathaniel. Nathaniel. Zacchaeus was the guy in the tree. Yeah. This guy was God. He, well, he's the main said, How do you know where I was sitting? How do you know this? How do you know what was going on? But he, he picked Nathaniel. All right, but, you know, he went and chose them. He picked them out. He said, I want you and you and you. 
You know, he knew these guys already, knew their hearts. He said, I've chosen you. How special would you feel if you knew that if you were sitting there and Jesus said, Bobby, I chose you. I picked you from this group. I picked you out and chose you. How special would you feel? <coughs> Pretty, special. Pretty special. So these guys, you know, remember, he's fixing to leave and he knows what he's gonna what they're gonna be up against. He knows he's sending them into the mouth, into the den with the lions, man, is where they're gonna go. He knows what they're fixing to do to him. If they'll do it to him, what do you think they're gonna do to them? So he said, He said that I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit. Fruit that will last, and so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command. Love each other. He said, because in a few in a few hours, they're gonna watch Peter curse up a storm. I don't know that. And fill in the blanks. They're gonna watch all the rest of them run like crazy. They're gonna see Thomas say, I don't believe none of it. The only one, only one is gonna be John. It's gonna stand there. And Jesus is gonna turn the responsibility of his mother over to him. Everybody, you think there's a chance they could say have, have some grudges against each other because of what they saw each other do? How many of you think maybe you stick in the corners like this behind a chair and they're going and then watching Peter and hearing what Peter said? Then this is supposed to be a leader. This is a guy that said in Matthew chapter 16, You are the Christ, you're the Son of God. And what did Jesus say? Flesh and blood and reveal this to you. My Father in heaven revealed it. That's the guy. And he's over here cussing like a sailor that he don't know the guy. You think, and he said, The last thing he does, he said, You guys love each other. What's going to come? You have to be forgiving. You have to love each other. Now, look at what he says next. Because I think there's something here that we're going to connect to. Look at what he said. If the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. Remember what I told you? A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. If they obeyed my teaching, they will obey yours also. They will treat you this way because of my name, for they do not know the one who sent me. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would not be guilty of sin, but now they have no excuse for their sin. Whoever hates me hates my father. What did he tell He said, they didn't listen to me. That means they don't just hate me. They hate him. That's the sin he's talking about. They hate him. And he said, he said verse 24, if I, had not done, if I had not done among them the works no one else did, they would not be guilty of sin. As it is, they have seen, and yet they have hated both me and my father. But this is to fulfill what was written in their law. They hated me without reason. There's something I think we ought to catch. All right? If he's not talking, he's already told the, the apostles already what he, what he did in that first part. I think here's something we need to catch a hold of. He said uh, in verse, uh, uh, verse 19, If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. I think that's really important. You know, could it be possible that Jesus is standing here in this room and looking at Bobby and saying, Bobby, I chose you out of the world. I know people have taken texts like that and said, you see, predestination. God only picks who he wants. He don't pick everybody. He, he just picks only certain people. You know, that's a that's a, a common theme through a, through a lot of especially progressive type thinkers. And, and younger people. See, God's a, God's a, a, a he, he chooses only who he wants, so what's the point? If God didn't choose me, what's the point? I just, I'll live any way I want because God doesn't love me any what? Because that's what people are telling them. They look at texts like this, and they look at texts like first piece, I mean, Ephesians chapter 1, and says, and says, in that text, it says, in him, you were chosen. Okay? 
And they look at that as predestination. That God, you know what predestination means? It means that he that pre, before the foundation of the world, he chose certain people. And he picked Janet. He didn't pick this other person. He picked Carmen, didn't pick this other person. Had out of three, picked two and left one. That's not what he's talking about. I want to take you to a text. I want you to look at Second Thessalonians chapter two. And this is Paul writing to the church at Thessalonica the second time. If you look at first, if you look at chapter one, we know that in chapter one there is a great turmoil in this church. Great turmoil. They are being they are being beat the snot beat out of them by somebody we don't know who doesn't tell us who. Probably these uh, these Pharisaical Jews probably, but we don't know that. And they're getting really clocked here. It may have been the people around them who hated them because of Christ. We don't know. But we know they're suffering terrible persecution. And Jesus said, I know that. I know. And one of these days, Jesus going to come, come back and take care of it. And he said, when I do, he said, I'm going to come back in blazing fire with my powerful angels, and I'm going to take vengeance on those who do not know God and those who have not obeyed the gospel. That's what he said. Okay? So this is really crit critical to these people. But look at what he says in chapter 2, and look at verse 13. He said, but we always ought to thank God for, for you, brothers and sisters, loved by the Lord, because God chose you as first fruits to be saved through the sanctifying work of the Spirit and through belief in the truth. Now, how did he choose these folks? How did he choose them? He said, I chose to, I chose, he said, he chose to you as first fruits. That means of rank. That doesn't mean the best of the crop. It means rank. You mean, I chose you as firstborn, along with Christ. He said, I chose you as firstborn. He said, to be saved through the sanctifying work of the Spirit and through belief in the truth. How, how is it? it doesn't mean God chose her and didn't choose her. That's not what it says. He said, there's ways that, that I chose you. I chose you through the sanctifying work of the Spirit. Okay, We're going to put that one on hold for just a minute because the next text, if you go back to John, just hold your finger here, go back to John for a minute. If you look at verse 28, it says, When the Advocate comes, who I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. Testify to who? Testify to who? Who's he going to be testifying to? Me. Us. Those who are who, those who, who God is looking to choose out of the world. That's who he's going to testify to. They're the ones who are going to listen. The other ones won't listen. And he said, he says here, back in 2 Thessalonians, look at what he said. He said, his first fruit to be saved through the sanctifying work of the Spirit and through belief in the truth. What did Jesus say? You are my friends if what? If you do what I command you to do. Right? He said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Now, what about the person who said, well, I loved him, I kept his commandments, and God didn't hate me, he didn't choose me anyway. That's not what he's saying. He said, I chose you how? Through the sanctifying work of the Spirit and through belief in the truth. You believe the truth, and the Spirit, you allow the Spirit to work in you, you have been chosen as a first fruit. That means anybody. It means any of us can be saved. Not just, it's not just some, you know, God picks them like this. Any of us can be saved. And that's something? That means I can look in the mirror and say, God chose me through the sanctifying work of the Spirit and through my belief in the truth. And that makes me special. That makes me first fruits. If that hasn't happened in your life, that can happen to you. All you got to do is allow the Spirit to work in your life and allow the, the, the belief in that truth. That's all you have to do. Through the gospel. Through the gospel. And we're not done yet. We're, we're getting there. You're jumping ahead of me. All right. Look at what he says. He called you to this. 
How did, and I've used this text hundreds of times talking to people who are lost. How does he call us? He calls us how? What does it say? Look at Bobby, look at it. See what it said. What does he say? He called us how? Through the word. But what does it say? What does it say? Through the gospel. He called us through the gospel. What's the gospel, guys? That, 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 but isn't it the whole life of Christ? Isn't the gospel the good news, the whole life of Christ? Isn't that what it is? It culminates in the death and resurrection. Because if his life is here and he doesn't, and he dies and is buried and doesn't resurrect, then what good is his life? What good is it? There is no good news to that, right? So we, so the gospel really encompasses his whole life. All the miracles he did and all the love that he showed, that's all part of the gospel. And if I, and he says he called it, how did he call He calls us, let's say you're one of those ones that your joy was in your friends. Okay? And that's what made your joy complete was your friends. And your friends turned on you. Friends will do that, right? Even when you get older, friends will turn on you. Not just a, a high school thing, you know? Not just a bullying thing in high school. Friends will turn on you sometimes, right? Sometimes you do something or say something and they take it wrong and now they're mad at you for the next six years. And so, right? Right? You know, they, they get mad at you. And so they, they walk away. You know, my friend, Jesus, came to this earth to save my soul. Mine. Not yours, mine. He came and he performed miracles so that I could learn what it meant for my soul to be saved. Not yours, mine. And he hung on a cross that had my name on it. Mine, not yours, mine. Okay? So when I look in the mirror, I'm not looking at you. I'm looking at me. And you know what I see? A first fruit. A one who's born through the sanctifying work of the Spirit and my belief in the truth. And Jesus did that. How? Through the gospel. Through him calling me through the gospel and calling me through that life that he lived and through that death, burial, and resurrection ultimately. And then ascending into heaven and saying, hey, guy, let me, I'm, I'm going to tell you something else. Then as he's leaving, as he's leaving, he says, you go into all the world and you preach the good news. You preach about my life. Okay? And you teach them to be obedient. You teach them to observe these things. You make disciples of them and you baptize them. And oh, by the way, Dan, by the way, I'm not going to leave you. Not like that person did. Not like those people did. I'm not going to leave you. I am going to stay connected to you always. <laughs> now how special do you feel? How much easier does it, get, does it get to worship? How much easier does it get to teach people the truth? Even when somebody doesn't want you to know the truth. Even when they when they beat on you and they beat on you and they beat on how how much how how special is it when that happens? Huh? How special? You know, look, look at what he says. He said, he said, he called you this through our gospel that you might share in the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Wow, I get to share in his glory. I get, I get to share in the glory of Christ. Isn't that something? What does that mean to you to share in the glory of Christ? What does that mean? You know what I'm gonna, what it means to me? That one day he's gonna come back, like he told him in chapter one. And, and I know that what he said in other places in the, in the letters to the Thessalonians that I'm going to be gone. He's going to take me out of this place before all that happens. I don't know how that's going to work. I don't, I'm not going to try to explain to you. I'm just going to tell you and that, that one day he's going to create a new heaven and a new earth. And I'm going to get to share with him in that glory here or wherever. That's amazing. That's amazing. And my friend's never going to leave me and he's never going to lie to me. And he's always going to be there. 
and I get to be a part of that. And I get to be a part of that because he called me to that. And I listened. I wasn't like those people he talked about. I listened. I listened, and I paid attention, and I let, let him change my life. I, I let him in. I let the Holy Spirit in, and I let him change me. Let him change me from the inside. That's amazing. It's amazing. You know, and I and I look at people in this room, and I see people in this room that that's happened to you. I know it. And you'd look at it and say, I forgot. I forgot how, how much, how good that felt. I need to feel that way again. I need to be back in the book. I need, look, go back to chapter 15. What does he say? I, he said, when the advocate comes, whom I will send, it's this verse 26. He said, the spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify. Maybe I need to listen to the spirit. You think? Maybe I need to combine those fruits that he gets, those things, and maybe I need to put those up to practice in my life. How am I going to listen to the spirit? How am I going to do that? What are you going to do? How do I put that into practice in my life so that I can have this full joy and know that he's chosen me and feel how special that feels? How many of you feel special? I mean, let me brief How many in your life have been to a place where you didn't feel special in your life? Where you didn't feel special? I, you know, I, I, I know there's some people that didn't raise their hand that missed them and you always felt special. I don't know if that's a good thing. You know, I'm, I'm not sure. I never had that problem, so I wouldn't know. Or was it just you were afraid to raise your hand? I was going to call on you. Is that what it was? It means I didn't raise my hand. Raise you, didn't raise your hand? Yeah, that's all it means. Right? That's all it means? <laughs> <laughs> always, always one. It's always, why is it always fancy? I didn't raise my hand. You know, so, I mean, it, for some of us, some of us, probably for most of us, probably for, for all of us, maybe, there's been a time in our life where we didn't feel special at all, where things just went on and, and we didn't feel special at all. You know, uh, I had a conversation with someone yesterday. I'm not going to tell you who it was, what, but we had a conversation. It was about someone that had bullied them in the past, and they came in contact with them face-to-face. -face. And I said, do you think they know? Yeah, they know. They know exactly who they are. They know what they did to me. You know, he said, but I'm going to be the bigger person, and I am not going to hold a grudge. And I'm going to be kind. And, I, and I'm, think, I'm thinking, here's a person who at one point in their life, somebody in their life, made them feel unspecial. Made them feel like they weren't, that they, they had no value at all. That's how it made them feel. And yet, you know what he said? Because of where I am, I need to try to make this person feel, not let them, I'm not going to hold a grudge, I'm not going to retaliate, even though it was 25 years ago. Because they never forgot. The person never forgot how unspecial they felt at that particular moment in their life. So that's that's happened to some of you. That's, you know, Jesus' whole life was to make you feel special again. Not to judge you. He said, I didn't come to judge you. He said, the Father in heaven is going to that, that's That's not my job. He said, the words I spoke of judging last day. If you listen to him, you hear him, you see everything I did, he said, that's what's going to judge you, not not me. And that, didn't he say that? I didn't come to judge you. My friend's not here to judge me. My friend's here to love me and to make me into something that I could never be. I want you guys to get it because because it, this, this determines how you're going to spend your days and how you're going to spend your life. If I don't feel this way, then you're going to feel put upon by the world at every turn and it will dictate how you're going to emotionally, psychologically, physically, everything. 
You know, the world tells you you're too fat. The world tells you you're too skinny. The world tells you you're too tall. The world tells you you're too short. The world tells you you shouldn't be a you shouldn't really be a woman. You need to be a man. Or you don't need to be a man. You need to be a woman. You know how confusing is that to people? How confusing you think that is? Man, it's confusing to me, and I'm not even part of that. But you know what Jesus said? I'm going to love you just like you are. I'm going to love you where you are, and I'm going to help change you into what you need to be. That's amazing. Man. Okay, that's amazing. Feel special. Look in the mirror and say. He died for that one right there. And that makes me special. It makes me part of first fruits. And then and then allow the sanctifying work of the Spirit to work in your life. Let the Spirit change you and grow you and 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 cultivate what's there. Even what you don't believe is there. Let him cultivate what's there. And be surprised, shocked, and pleased like you can never be imagined when that stuff comes out of you and you find something. Oh my, I didn't know I was capable of that. I didn't know that was gonna happen. Okay. These are pretty unspecial people he's talking to. (laughs) I mean, the whole Jewish nation first, but then these these guys are just fishermen. Yeah. But he starts off, you know, he starts the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5. I mean, the first 10 verses, he's targeting these people. Yep. At the end of 1 Corinthians, God shows the lowly. God shows the weak. That's right. I mean, uh, that's that's the the message. I think it's more difficult to... We ain't buy all that. into the joy yeah. whenever you do have success in the world or when you do win in the world. Mm-hmm. But it is, you know, this nation hasn't won since Abraham. They've, they've been getting kicked yeah. pretty hard for a thousand years. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they, their joy should be in the fact that it's, it's, it's over. Yeah. You know, but they didn't see it that way. They don't. No. They, 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 were, too, they were so the consumed with the law. To yep. go teach it to them. Picked yeah, the, their leadership should have known. They should have responded the right way. They could have. They could turn the whole nation, but that's not what's happened. And so he's having to. T- he's having to take. And when there's when he's done, and the day and the day he's this, he ascends, you know, and the day the Holy Spirit, there's only 120 of them left. Out of all those people, of all those people, only 120 are left. That's amazing. And then at one point, there ain't nobody left but the apostles. You know. It doesn't make any difference what they do to you. You are special in the eyes of God. If the work, if the sanctifying work of the Spirit and your belief in the truth, being called by the gospel, has changed your life. We'll see you next week, guys. We'll pick up chapter 16 next week.